Welcome to the Where Money Meets Soul podcast. I'm Jennifer Griffith. And I'm Natasha Gaines. As two busy women juggling high profile jobs, family, friends, bills, and everything else life throws our way, we know what it's like to feel stressed out and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And from personal experience, we also know what it's like to pull ourselves out of that place by using the right skills and tools to get our lives into alignment. Absolutely, we're here to share those same tools with you so that you can also turn your desires into reality. If you're interested in learning more about money and abundance, how to create a better work-life balance, and how to pursue your passions without sacrificing your dreams, then we invite you to join us each week to gain powerful tools to help you succeed in business and life. When money meets soul, magic will happen. Hey guys, today we are so excited to be joined by Sydney Campos a visionary, strategy advisor, quantum healer, and author of The Empath Experience, What to Do When You Feel Everything. Sydney co-creates with New Earth Architects and visionary collaborators in embodying new dimensions of mastery, authenticity, innovation, and ease. Whether leading advertising and PR strategy for top global brands and startups, hosting transformational retreats in sacred vortexes, jamming with soul family on the Visionary Souls podcast, building soul alignment businesses and brands with FD visionaries, training practitioners in Akashic Records, or just architecting the world's next social community platform. I'm exhausted reading that, Sydney. It's really kind of short that a little bit. <laughs> There's supposed to be 5D, not FD, but I like, I'm like, what's FD? That's <laughs> oh, sorry, what's 5D? I read that wrong. I can read it. <laughs> the F is the fifth dimension. So I like that you Right, there you that. go, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, you are amazing. You do so much <laughs> and you illuminate bridges into new dimensions, which is so cool. So today you're going to be talking to us about embodying authenticity as a key to abundance. We're so excited to get started. So thank you for joining us in our FD, 5D visionary, whatever it is that we're doing here. (laughs) So awesome to have you here. Can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? I mean, you obviously do a lot. So can you tell us a little bit more about all things Cindy and how you got to where you are today? Kind of like rethinking my whole bio now because I'm like, that's so long and weird. (laughs) (laughs) I just always laugh at how words you know, just words. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you even mean? And how do we even write a bio when, you know, it's just funny. I worked in marketing for a long time and I work with, uh, I collaborate, co-create with amazing beings, much like you, much like I'm sure all the people listening, visionaries who are like, I want to do things in a different way. Mm-hmm. I want to live an awesome life. I want to create a thriving business that is based on my passion that's based on what I love to do and I really want to help people but I don't want to do it in the way that everyone's telling me I have to do it or the ways that I learned how to do it and the exhaustion and the hustle and this whole thing and how do we create my way and what's my way what's my pace right it's authentic for me when it comes to creating and and living they're the same thing really like your business is just a mirror of your life and your being and who you are and embodiment you know so there's all these different things we do in that path. And I'm proud of kind of fusing very 3D traditional tactics and strategy and having that corporate and startup background, but also really bringing through more energetics, intuition, 
multidimensionality mm-hmm. healing, you know, because entrepreneurship is <laughs> talk about accelerated journey into healing. You know, if you if you really are here to make an impact in the world and you want to live an awesome life and and really be who you came here to be, you're signing up for a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's yeah. intense yeah. and. And I'd like to just cut to the chase and, and be like, it's about authenticity. That's what it is about. That's what I've learned in my journey. Um, I started out, you know, my awakening kind of came through getting sober. Uh, I was going pretty hard into drugs and alcohol to turn off my feelings and psychic gifts at a very young age. Mm. and did that for many years. And then I almost died many times and had the rude awakening of, you know, do you want to live or die? Yeah. I wasn't really allowed to die because I have a mission I'm here to do. And it's actually pretty fun. I'm glad I stuck around. Yeah. Um, and, and then that was a long process of healing and remembering and, and then a lot of gifts coming back online. And, yeah. and so now I just get to share. I get to share with people that are really ready to, to kind of go below the surface of like, I want to run a business. And they've kind of maybe already done the template, templated approach to that. And I'm like, that doesn't really feel good. Or or even maybe they've had success, like I have in the past, where I did the templated approach and made all this money and, mm-hmm. and helped some people, I guess, but it still felt kind of draining or like it wasn't really real. Yeah. It wasn't really me. And, yeah. and so I'm just loving the exploration now, uh, where it feels like more and more people are ready. They're like, there's a different way here. Like, let's, let's create some new, innovative ways to approach business, life, relationship. Like, let's be real. And mm-hmm. how do we, how do we, be who we are essentially like that's my favorite way to play (laughs) that's awesome so what do you say if someone comes to you and their ego has just taken over they think they are the gift to the world you know god's gift to the world they (laughs) have kind of lost focus with helping others are successful and they have a business they want to take their business to the next level are you able to ground those individuals or can they ground themselves to really start to focus on a more authentic path is that doable? That's a really cool question. The first thing that comes up is, honestly, I don't attract so much of that energy into my field anymore. It's great. Yeah, good. I'm not, I'm not putting that out there. I'm not, I used to be really good at putting that out there. Like I am the spiritual guru on a pedestal and I, I wrote this book and I'm blah, 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 I'm important. Uh, but I've just deconstructed a lot of that and it's a never ending journey. I'm not like, you know, it's like humbling, but yeah. it's come up so much in my awareness. What comes up more in my awareness sometimes is people coming in and they, they do have an intention to change and they do want to be authentic. And they, there's a humility there. Like they realize things aren't really working. And a lot of people at the beginning, like I had a conversation with this woman the other day, and this is actually a rarer type of conversation, but it feels very alive. So that's why it's coming through. Like, She's leaving her full-time job as a real estate agent and has had a lot of success, but she's also been yoga teacher, healer on the side and has this deep calling to launch this business, you know, coaching. It's, it's not even business. It's like, I want to help people heal and change Mm -hmm. their lives and do this sacred work that I'm meant to do at the soul level. That is deeply fulfilling, you know, business really diminished, calling it a business kind of diminishes the sacred what we're here to do and I hear a little puppy that's like yes I, I know she's got the cutest puppy she just wants to join in on the fun I love it I, I dropped the the rope that she was chewing oh, on oh. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and um I love that yeah and 
you know, so I just find this is so common, you know, and I went through this, I was in advertising and I was like, but I really want to be a healer, but I'm so afraid and the stability and the false security and the job and can I do it and am I enough and can I make money doing what I love and all that stuff. And I used to assist people on that path for a long time. Like I kind of, I think it's natural. We start supporting people in the way we just kind of, you know, we just walked a few steps ahead of them and then mm-hmm. we that. And so I had this conversation with this woman and she's like, I'm really ready. I'm, I'm ready. But her mind kept her ego so strong. And I could just tell there's a certain looping. She'd have an opening because we're in a supportive field of connection. And I'm kind of holding that frame of like, it's possible. And can you feel in your body how you relax when you feel into how good that will be to like mm-hmm. be supporting people and doing what you love and, and listening and sharing what feels true for you. I'm not pretending to be something else and how draining mm-hmm. that is and the toll that that takes. And even if there's money, it's not, it doesn't really matter. You could pay, I mean, I don't know how much money you could pay me to like pretend to have to be some way else that hurts at the end of the day, that's exhausting, you know? Mm-hmm. But her ego was so strong and the, the willingness it wasn't really there. There takes a certain willingness. And I don't think that that's something you can teach. Yeah. And I used to be really good at convincing people to snap out of that and sell them on something and kind of get them in that vulnerable, like you can change and give me $5,000 right now. And we're going to quantum leap your consciousness into this new dimension where you're, and that doesn't work either. Cause someone has to make the choice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all we can do is actually not disempower them from making their own choice. They have mm-hmm. to make the choice. It won't work. I've done that before. I've worked with clients in the past. This is modeled by many mentors out there, by the way, that are like, you know, here's how you do the sales and you convince, and I'm an expert at that. And I could sell anybody into anything, but I don't believe in that anymore because it disempowers someone from making their own choice. Their ego mm-hmm. will just continue running the whole show, the whole game. Right. Nothing's gonna change if mm-hmm. they've still given their power away to you because they want to be like you instead of being like them, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question, but it feels like it kind of does in a way, like there, maybe there's nothing to fix, but how right. do we, how do we empower ourselves as guides, as teachers, as leaders to be really clear and unattached? So on one level, we're attracting people into our field who are right. in the, who we meet and it's really fun and it's easy to talk. And of course we're going to work together and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Or if there is resistance and their egos like, you know, either really inflated, like I'm the best and I don't, I'm perfect. And I just want to make millions of dollars and, you know, live in this, whatever dream life, like that's not really good. Or on the other side, I can't really feel and honor and embody my greatness. And I have Mm -hmm. a lot of worthiness issues and I'm really ashamed and I'm like dying over here, but I'm so afraid to admit it. We have a lot in common. Both. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Same thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's all very ego based regardless of which side of the, the spectrum they're, they're swinging upon. Now, how do you, if you don't want to go into sales pitch mode or, you know, convincing people mode, but they still need something like what, what do you do then? How do you get them there or help get them there? Or do you just lead by example? I mean, I just listen. I used to be more anxious in those kinds of situations because the traditional conditioning and teaching and mentorship that I had come from at a, at a point mm-hmm. would say, yeah, what do you have to do? What are you going to do in that moment to like get that person out of their shadow and out of their lower self and, mm-hmm. and kind of this like dominant, domineering right. energy. And, and 
what works for me, what feels real for me, what, and what works for me when I'm on the receiving end, because I can get in my own way all the time. And I need, I have a whole team of support. I have, the longer you go on this journey of awakening, it's like more support, more, more teachers, more mentors, more reflections. Like I want to see all my blind spots. Mm -hmm. I am not perfect. Like I am growing. That's why I'm, we're all human. We're growing. We're here. We're human. We're not perfect. And, um, you know, but in those moments, like, and it's a practice, it's become a skill, but after helping many, many people through many moments, listen. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes even saying nothing or asking the right question so that someone can find their own answer isn't, can snap someone out of a, a loop or a fear or a resistance. That's, mm -hmm. that's not yeah. really true to them, but, but the most powerful thing is holding that clear mirror, mm -hmm. like holding, that's authenticity, holding that clarity without even any words you're saying, it's felt there's so much energetic exchange happening in our fields beyond anything we're saying. 90% mm -hmm. of communication is energetic, is body language, is also the tone of your voice. It's all embodiment. Yeah. It's really what we're saying beyond the words. And it's like, and sometimes, you know, it's a simple question. I asked this girl yet the other day and, and we just weren't meant to collaborate, but we were coming together for some kind of healing, other healing process on other levels. And, you know, I was just like, listen, like, do you, do you want to feel good? Like, do you want, what would it feel like if you were supporting the people that you know you're here to support that are already kind of coming to you for help? Mm -hmm. What would it feel like to like have more space in your life to do the things that you love? What would it, and you really help assist them to be in the vision, the feeling of what they really want and give them permission to live into that dream. Mm -hmm. and, and okay your body's telling you something and, and what is it saying and what is it really feeling not your mind not the story not the ego there's more going on here and, and and how do we provide a safe container for them to feel the feelings that maybe they haven't really allowed themselves to explore you know yeah so that i find the most useful yeah i love that and because it's interesting because earlier you know you are attracting people. So you said you don't really work with egotistical people anymore. I presume that by the time they get to this level, they've let a guard down. They've realized, oh, I climbed up that ladder and guess what? It kind of sucks. Now I want to go back to my truth self and how I started. So you're also attracting that, right? They're coming to you for that reason. And I love that you ask questions because in any kind of sales, whatever you do, you're always going to find the answer if you just know what questions to ask. And it doesn't have to be a lot of them. You ask a few, the person starts talking, and they'll tell you just about everything they want, mm -hmm. right? So it's you said we're energy. We attract like attracts like, or good vibes attract good vibes. People attract one, you know, one to another. So, but why does that happen? Why is authenticity magnetic in that sense? Mm -hmm resonance yeah. we're learning more about this we're all getting so much more sensitive just by nature of how energy is moving through the planet and through our bodies and and everybody everybody at every stage of the game no matter what step you're in on the awakening train that we're all on together we're all getting more sensitized you know we're all having more feelings access to our feelings and intuitive perception from online mm -hmm. which is really exciting and so resonance is what we're playing in 
Hey everyone, did you ever wish you had a friend who was constantly supporting your dreams to make more money, pursue your passions, or live a more relaxed lifestyle? Well, here we are. Success, financial freedom, balance, whatever you want to create in your life, you can have it, and we're sharing the tools to help you get there. That's right, because sometimes all it takes to achieve your goals is a tribe of people cheering you on, and we're here to do just that for you. Yes, we are. When you join our tribe, every week you'll receive powerful tools to help you achieve financial freedom, create a better work-life balance, and pursue your dreams. For only $5.55 a month, you'll receive access to affirmations, mantras, guided meditations, EFT tapping sessions, articles, and tip sheets that all specifically focus on money and abundance, work-life balance, and passion and success. That's a whole lot of stuff. It is. If you visit inthelifeofzen.com to subscribe and join our tribe today. Resonance, it's like, like you said, frequency is attracted to certain frequencies. Light is attracted to light. It's like, oh, I want to grow. Plants grow towards the light. <laughs> Things right. are growing into the light. Things are attracted to the light. More energy, higher frequency, more light, more light in this body, more light in this field, more magnetism. And the more that I'm in truth and integrity, authenticity, the more I'm energetically sending out all these signals, just through being, not even what I'm doing. But when yeah. you're putting that in your marketing, it gets really fun because then it's like, whoa, that's extra magnetic and powerful. And I don't even know what they're saying, but I just feel this yeah. person's energy so strongly. I don't even know what they do, but I want to be around them. And that's what starts to happen. And it's really fun. Is that how you cultivate it? Like if we want more of that, what do we do? We surround ourselves. We stay true to ourselves. We stay positive, right? How do we cultivate that to get us to that next level? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be fun if there was just like a five-step process? Right. <laughs> we love yeah. stuff. Can I get the tip sheet, please? Yeah. <laughs> here's my webinar that you can just like, and then here's my course for eight weeks that's going to teach you to embody your divinity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If only it was that easy, right? I mean, I did make a course about that at one point, and there's a few courses I made that are attempting to answer that kind of question. Yeah. And they're pretty cool and they helped a lot of people. I don't know if I was really embodying that teaching in the way that I am aware of now, wanting to and, and working on that, practicing that. There's a new depth now of the embodiment of that. We can teach a lot from up here and it can sound really cool. And it's like alignment, activation, divinity codes, mastering magnetism. Like those are my courses I made. They're all free online, by the way, if you want to check them out. I just <laughs> made them all free because I was like, these should just be out there in the world. Yeah. And I don't even recognize myself as the person I was then compared to how I am now. And, and there is a path. I'm actually writing a new book. It's called Get Out of the Way of Being Yourself. And it will come out probably towards the end of this year. And it is about this question. And, it, and there's, there are steps. I look at it as a recovery program. Like I did AA for many years. Mm -hmm. um, and when I saw the value in that program. Like there was a step-by-step -step process that really worked to recover from a seemingly hopeless disease of addiction. Mm -hmm. and, right. then I, and then I kept on my path and I'm like, I don't know if I really have addiction or if I was really ever an alcoholic or a drug addict. I kind of evolved out of that identity, like saw that the core traumas and the wounds that stimulated those um, behaviors and whatnot. And then I was like, okay, what's the next phase? Like you put all the drugs and the drinking and the addictions and the behavior and the toxicity and the narcissism down. And then what, like, how do I, 
connect with my true self, with my intuition. And this is the work I do with many others in different capacities, in business and intuitive healing retreats, coaching. And it's like, what's the, what's the step-by-step process to recover? Because it is recovery. Uh, one's higher self, one's true self. And I think that's where we're at collectively right now. Like more people than ever are willing to mm-hmm. kind of admit that. Like there's a recovery process. Like I've learned all this stuff this lifetime. It's all been projected upon me from society, from my family, all these ways of being. And they don't, some of them really don't work. I don't feel good, but like, what's my way? Right. You know, there's a, there's a way, there's a, there's a little bit of a formula. And, and just to give you a few of the, the steps, I guess, because they're like, what the hell are the steps? You know, <laughs> presence, practicing presence, learning to be in presence, learning to connect with your body in whatever way you feel. There's many, many ways to do these things, by the way, infinite ways. Learning to explore your intuition, learning to explore that guidance, learning to connect with your feelings and what they're guiding you to do. And getting more discerning in how you listen, you know, getting out of just at a simple level, getting out of the mind, like what gets mm-hmm. you into your body, into your feelings, into, you know, how do you like to connect with energy? These are all really unique explanations for each person. It's really exciting. Like every person collect, connects with energy differently. We have so right. many abilities and capacities. We're such multidimensional beings. It's so funny that we've been taught to like operate in these very limited boxes of communication, perception, identity. It's like so strange when you really look at it, like that's weird, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's simple to get out of the box is simple, but it, it's maybe not something that you look to a specific teacher's way. You like, I'm always a big prom- proponent of helping people find their own. Mm-hmm. What's turning you on about life? Like what feels fun and exciting about like about energy? How do you connect with energy? How do you how do you listen? How does your intuition speak to you and through you? What's that journey like? And what are the activities and made spaces in nature that help you connect into those spaces? Mm-hmm. Meditation. Yeah. Meditation is kind of a requirement, you know, and it might not be what you think. Like I have to sit for hours and turn my mind off. Like, I don't know if your mind ever turns off. And I've done a lot of meditation. The mind isn't something we turn off. It's something we learn to relate to differently in a more healthy way so it's not dominating our our lives and our realities but rather it's just another energy that we can kind of put to work more consciously like go imagine something awesome that i would love to create like that's what our mind's for not for telling us what to do and criticizing us and judging and boxing people and ourselves Mm -hmm. those are a few little tidbits yeah i love that because the mind is a powerful tool it's one of the most powerful tools we have but it will never be more powerful than the heart. The heart and emotions are always more powerful. But when I think you're not living your authentic life or when you're not in alignment, your mind seems to be, you think your mind's in control, you allow it to be. So it's how do you let your heart and your emotions kind of take over? And then how do you align the two so they work together in harmony, right? So it's interesting because yeah, our, our mind as powerful as it is, we're our own worst critics. We can be our own worst enemies and it can prevent us from doing a lot, right? It's like what you're saying. It stops us from it because of society and everything that we've been taught. It stops us at times from following our heart and knowing what's right for us. So check in with yourself. We always say, you know, the answers are within 
You just have to know how to like, how to dig them out. And that's not as easy, maybe for people who are empaths or more in tuned, you know, kind of more highly sensitive individuals, people who are maybe at your level or closer to our level. I don't want to say we're anywhere near your level because I certainly am not. But we, it might be easier for us to start asking these questions. But if you go to most people in leadership and you ask them, ask them to dig within, they're going to look at you like, uh, no, you know, here's, a, here's our strategy. Here's my formula to hit these goals and exceed our budgets and this, but ask them to go within. And it's, it's tough work. It's difficult. It was difficult for me when I first started. I honestly think a lot of what you're talking about, Sydney, your average person in corporate world wouldn't even under begin to comprehend what, you know, <laughs> they're not even quite at the comprehension level yet. Think of the people we surround ourselves with in that corporate world. Most of them, not all, but most of them are <clears throat> egotistical and they lead from the mind. They don't lead from the heart. It's just the way it is, right? It's business. Many businesses, the bigger they get, the less heart and emotions they have. How many leaders know their staff's names? If you work for a corporation that has 200 people, they're so disconnected. So it's important for, and it is possible, leaders can become more authentic. Companies can be more authentic. Companies can lead, but it takes, it takes a willingness and it takes action. It takes work. Like you said, it is a recovery process. It is essentially a healing process that we all need to take. But imagine how much more successful any corporation or company would be if their leadership team, their staff, they treated one another in this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's proven. Yeah. It's proven that this works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of faith that things are changing quite quickly. You know, yeah, I agree. Companies, companies that don't prioritize well-being and, you know, more consciousness being involved in the business. I mean, even just simple companies that don't prioritize these things are, are doomed to fail. Mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. they're not going to make it with the way things are going. And especially with the, well, the changes of this last year and people are like, I don't want to work at that company. I don't even have to go right. to the office anymore. I'm going to start my own business, you know, like, bye. Exactly. Right. <laughs> things are changing very rapidly. I feel. Yeah. And yeah. this is where I want to give a shout out to the millennials. I know millennials, if you're <laughs> not a millennial, you get a lot of crap because people think you're lazier. They think this, or they think that about you. <laughs> Millennials are, in a sense, changing the way we've looked at business. Mm -hmm. Think of our parents, right? Our parents, our grandparents would work until the day they retired or the day they died. They wouldn't question it. That's what they did. You worked for your pension. You worked hard your whole life. You retire and maybe you have a good five years, 10 years of living a decent life before you pass. Millennials are now coming in and now we've all, all the generations have helped. They're like, what? Why would I do that? Why am I going to work myself to death for 10 years? By the time I retire, I'm going to be too tired to do anything. So kudos to millennials, because I really do think they're shifting the way that businesses are being run to. Mm -hmm. And then there are some countries where I don't think we are very good at this in the States. It's changing again just because of the flow, but there are some countries where they're changing what their work schedule looks like. Mm -hmm. Places like, I don't know if it's all of France, but in Paris, oh, their work days, 35 hour work weeks. Right? They shut That's down during the month of July in right? 
Exactly. Oh my Did gosh, you... I remember that when we were in the agency world and I used to have a bunch of clients and work with European teams and and like and we just be like, oh, we've had to plan things around like July and August because certain yeah. countries would just be totally gone. <laughs> yeah, and that's been going on for a long time over there. Yeah. I had a friend that used to um work over there at least 15 years ago and yeah yeah it's been the norm think about like siesta you know my my father is from spain the Mm -hmm. town he's from shuts down every day from like 1 to 3 p.m the whole time sometimes in like the south i'm like i need some food (laughs) (laughs) for those of us who aren't used to it it's like what do you mean the whole town is shut down like where are like i'm this is my lunch break well, okay. even sometimes in small towns within the U.S. or Canada, mm-hmm. um, there'll be certain businesses that just plain aren't open on Sundays, yeah, right? Just forget yeah. about it. <laughs> I love it. So we yeah. just have, there's a little record store that just opened up around the corner from here. And they have the most bizarre hours. I mean, they're open like two or three hours a day and it just changes. <laughs> it's not consistent. And my husband <laughs> collects vinyl. He's a huge vinyl fan. Oh. So he recently went in and he is like, yeah, I noticed your hours are a little off. Like, you know, what's going on? The guy's like, look, man, this is my dream. I've always wanted to own a store, but I've got kids and I got to work with my wife. I got to pick the kids up. I got to take them here, I got to take them there. He's like, so I'm just doing what I can do. And it's like, good for you. No kidding. And people will work around it. You know, he has his number, like text, call for an appointment. Good for him. It didn't stop him because how many people would that have stopped? I can't open a business. I can't start my passion project. I can't do what I want to do because A, B, C, D, and they're going to give you all the reasons, right? So I love that he just, he did it and he works around his schedule and you like it or you don't. That's such (laughs) a cool example. I love that. And for anybody, I mean, what an awesome example. And I think of the same thing for you know, I also do organizational consulting and have worked with actually a few companies, uh, a nonprofit and also uh, like kind of a venture uh, fund and kind of consortium of different companies. And they're pretty pioneering, I suppose, but they're very open to what I call coherence consulting. You know, mm-hmm. I believe that the currency of our new economy that's evolving and how businesses are going to be measured in their success across all departments and all different ways that we measure success and employee retention and and Mm -hmm. and belief in the vision is coherence, coherence, Mm -hmm. unity, resonance are are kind of other words to describe this, but like how, how involved, how a part of this mission do you feel you are from the leadership down to, and and also like dismantling the hierarchy. Yeah. And I'm so passionate about supporting leaders of these huge companies that are making major impacts and can shift Mm -hmm. entire cultures. That's why Mm -hmm. I love working in advertising. What's more, I mean, how do we shift collective consciousness more quickly and efficiently than through our advertising currently right. in capitalism? Right. You know, but it, it's such an right. effective vehicle for change. And when we get more leaders and CEOs that are really holding, what they need to understand, what I pray for them to understand more is that their energy, the CEO, the, the C-suite executive team, their energy, the way that they're feeling in connection to the mission of the company which is a higher purpose. Yeah. Like the most thriving, successful businesses, they're answering a higher calling to provide a need right. that is changing, impacting people's lives in a positive way. It's helping people, right? Yeah. We're all here to give a gift. We're all here to help people. And then organizations just are the bigger iteration of that. And the, the CEO, the, the you know executives, their feel, their energy, how they're feeling, how they're being, that reverberates through the whole company. You know, if they're out of integrity, that's going to be felt 
on so many levels, especially as people get more sensitized and they're like, this doesn't feel good. I don't know if I believe in this. I don't, people right. want to have a mission right. and what a gift to have a company that gives people that gift of like, I'm you kidding. can have your purpose. You can do your thing that you're here to do, but here's a company that's going to support you with all the you know, infrastructure. So you don't have to go create it in your own echo chamber in your own entrepreneurship portal. Like some mm -hmm. people are meant to innovate and be entrepreneurs, but through a company, you know? And so there's just so many cool ways to, to look at this and, and more and more organizations are, are getting clued in. They're like, mm -hmm. there's a higher mission here. It's about connection. It's about coherence. It's about service. It's about giving back. It's about bringing really deep meaning to what we do at every level. Mm -hmm. and, and how do we do that? And let's be the example. And there's even like stats of this now, like um, I think it was Adidas had a um, report that came out a few years ago and it was just all about re-architecting their, their branding, you know, mm -hmm. to, incre to increase sales. Of course, at the end of the day, we want to have success and abundance and yeah. generate revenue. I get that. But could you imagine that, you know, the work they did internally to do more coherence building and really survey their team to be like, what is it that we even do? Are we just selling mm -hmm. shoes? Cause I'm not really connected to that. I'm not like, mm -hmm. that doesn't really feel fulfilling when I think about how I'm just a part of like selling shoes. Mm -hmm. But then they did a deep dive kind of, you know, exploration into the meaning of even what their staff, how they're relating to this and what's important to them. And, and how is this product bringing meaning to people's lives? And they rebranded this whole thing about vitality. Mm -hmm. life health well-being mm -hmm. i'm paraphrasing but something to that extent it was this whole consciousness shift about what's actually underlying something we could oversimplify as just a pair of shoes mm -hmm. and, and it just it shifted everything they boosted their revenue i mean i don't know the figures and facts but i, I like that this data is starting to emerge and that big mm -hmm. brands are exemplifying this consciousness shift yeah yeah, yeah. i love that it's possible because totally. I think what happens a lot of times is people work, especially people who work in the corporate world, and there are some cases where it's just not what they're meant to do. They're not in alignment with that. It's not for them, so they do have to move on. In other cases, there's a reason why they were drawn to the company. They do believe in the mission, but the environment can get a little toxic, right? The leadership team, again, could be leading from the mind and the ego, but it is possible for people within the company to try to make the change. Yeah, if you make have an idea, yeah, if you have an idea, can you go to your leadership team? Can you go to your management team? Can you come to HR with, I have an idea for this and see, because a lot of times we think, nope, can do it. Mm -mm, they're never going to listen. Give it a try. Mm -hmm. Be that change maker, as cliche as that sounds, you know, change starts from within and try to make the change within your company. If you truly believe in that mission, don't think that mm, there's nothing I can say or do. You never know. You never yeah. know. So give yeah. it a try. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's possible. Take that Adidas mission. I think that would be great for anyone who's in a corporate environment, any listener listening to this. If you're trying to make a change, Leadership like facts and figures. Right. So do the research, maybe look at Adidas as a sample and try to prove to them this is what they did. This is how much their revenue increased. This is what they did. Profit margins went up by this amount. And see if that will convince them to make a change. So I don't want anyone to feel like we're stuck. That's it. There's nothing we can do. There's always something. Mm -hmm. So I love that example. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, Obviously, if we're in alignment with our purpose at whatever level, 
hopefully that's going to attract abundance and prosperity and all of the good stuff in life. But can you talk to us a little more about that? When we are in alignment, personally and professionally, what happens? What's kind of the behind the scenes magical stuff that happens? Well, you feel awesome and you attract great people because you feel good and people want to be around you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's yeah, it's an energy matching, right? Yeah. It's yeah. that easy, really. Pretty much. But, yeah. It's really that simple. It's like you feel good. It's like it's easy. Mm -hmm. Being integrity in integrity means ease. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. like, I, I think of how I used to be when I was in my addiction, when I was playing, just wearing a lot of masks. A lot of the addiction came from feeling like I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, and I'm not lovable. And who do I have to be to get your love? Mm -hmm. It's part of being an empath kind of wound as well, like learning how everyone else is feeling and sourcing how they're feeling as a way to define what I need to be, who I, what I need to do to get love, to feel like I exist and all of that. I talk a lot about that in my book. Mm -hmm. And then you realize as an adult, eventually, <laughs> Like I'm wearing all these masks. I learned to perform in all these ways to get something that I'm not feeling I have in myself. Mm -hmm. And it's really tiring. It's like holding up as you become more sensitized and aware. It's like, it's, a, and, and you know, I have so much compassion in my heart because I'm like, I feel like most people are living this way. Yeah. We don't know any better. We don't know if we don't know when we don't know. And, we, and I did it for most of my life. And I, and I have such compassion for that. I, I really do. Like that's, it's hard. It's so much energy. We don't even know that we're exhausting holding these masks, these stresses, these pressures, these criticisms, trying to fix and be perfect and so much management. And, and it's hard. I don't have time to like listen to my authentic voice. I'm like so addicted to performing <laughs> in this particular way because I need to make money or be seen by this person or be loved. Like I get that. I totally rode that train, but then you, you burn out. In my experience, you eventually, it, it's not an infinite game there. It's like, you know, we only have so much energy we can put into that before, you know, you get adrenal fatigue, you start to get inflammation, you get immune disorders or anxiety or addiction or whatever comes mm -hmm. to get your attention to stop and listen and feel. <laughs> That yeah. is simply put, you know, and it's different for everyone. It might take 20 years. It might take a lifetime. It might take a few lifetimes. It might take one year. It might take a really bad accident. It might take bottoming out, overdosing, a, a divorce. I don't know. It's like different wake-up calls. This is the way I kind of see it, wake, the wake-up calls. Nothing bad is really happening, maybe. It's like a wake-up call. What is this opportunity awakening me into? How does my mm -hmm. life get to change? Right. To feel more ease. I think everybody... You really want more ease. That's what I find with all the people I've worked with. It's like, how can it just be easier? I'm tired of trying so hard. And like, how can I just be me, let go and allow and receive? And, you know, there's a nervous system attunement in there, programming in there. There's some healing practice that gets to happen. You know, it's a, it's a body thing. It's not really a mind thing. We learn mm -hmm. that the mind and all the stories and the, the anxieties are coming from programming in the body mm -hmm. we work with, you know, the body and the energy system and but i have a lot of compassion for, for the journey it's it's everyone's on a completely unique journey but we're all kind of doing the same journey we're just on different like stages or mm -hmm. like the word levels because it presupposes this like, pedestal thing like you have arrived and i've not i don't know as long as we're still human i don't think we've really 
arrive. We have like little breakthroughs and milestones and things, but yeah. it's really humbling, you know? never-ending healing. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's a it's a long, powerful journey, and we have to learn the whole way. Because I do think everything where everything that happens is a learning lesson. It's teaching us something, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, and it's all a stepping stone to the the better us, regardless of how long that takes. So as long as you come from a place of compassion, if you live in that egotistical state, who knows? It's going to take you lifetimes to figure it out, I would think. But for the most part, yeah, I think it is all a journey and trying to just become better, you know, get ourselves to that level. Enjoy the journey. I love how often we're using the word journey because that is the name of my dog. So. Too. Uh, she hasn't uh, barked, so she knows we're not talking to her. She's like, I like this. I hear it. Because I haven't said it. it's been you two. She can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, oh, she'd have been right. really like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Something's coming up from what you said, and it's just really alive in my awareness. And I work with a lot of students and, and clients in different capacities, and it's just been a very loud theme this week and, and my own healing process this week. And um, maybe it's not about becoming better and or having an expectation that we need to be better. What I'm finding is this challenge now to be really okay with right where I am, as yeah. I am, without yeah. needing to change or improve anything. Cause I'm like hyper conditioned to, to like look at what's next and where I'm going and get better and where do I need to grow? And, and so many of us are, and that's part mm-hmm. of the linear programming of this society and our, our conditioning of like, this linear trajectory to get better and succeed and achieve and improve. And of course we're going to grow. We're here on this incarnation to grow. It's like who we are is to grow and evolve and forever through all other lifetimes too. But that maybe part of this moment, this initiation into more presence, into abundance, into receiving, into more love, all the things we want, it's about actually like really accepting and even loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. as you are right now, it's totally perfect. As we are in this moment, I think that plays very much into the concept of mindfulness, which I'm a big proprietor of. So yeah, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's very well said. Yeah. yeah. I love that you say that because we all think, you know, and it's it's why I don't like the term self-improvement because it's like, I don't need to improve yeah. myself, you know? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> But I'd like to grow. That'd be yeah, cool. <laughs> I would like to grow and develop and learn and enhance. So I think yeah. self-improvement is like, Ugh. but you're right. We are all in a sense conditioned to how do I improve? How do I get better? I mean, I said it earlier, you know, it's just, you're right. It's being at peace with who you are, loving yourself, Mm-hmm. proceeding with peace and grace, you know, and then just see where that journey takes you. And if you're coming from an authentic place, a really good, loving, compassionate place, I can't imagine you're going to be drawn to bad things, mm-hmm. you know, so keep on that path. So Sydney, if you can only give three pieces of advice to our listeners on their journey of authenticity, what would those three things be? I'm hearing like one of my teacher's slogans like pop up at somebody and I'm like, what's my slogan? (laughs) It's so good though. His thing is so good. What's his slogan? So simple. Be good, do good and have faith. 
Mm. Yeah. Like I mean, I'll just take it as my own. Okay. I just said that. That's I it. That's love it. <laughs> Be good. Do good and have faith. Yeah. That could be a mantra too, which is another question I asked. Yeah. So we do want to know, do you have a daily mantra and affirmation that you say to yourself? And if so, are you willing to share it? Yeah, I have a lot. I have a lot of different practices I do and different cycles and things. The one I've been working with lately that I really love um, is a Sanskrit mantra. And it's actually for abundance. It's really fun to work with. It's to the goddess of prosperity, Lakshmi. And it goes, Om Maha Lakshmi Ye Swaha. And it's like a blessing to, to, to her energy. It's more energetics of it. It's a very coded language, Sanskrit. So it has many multiple meanings and layers. But I find that doing that, you know, japa 108 times in the morning when I do it is really beautiful and it attunes to a deep peace. It's nice. interesting. Yeah, Why 108 times? Is that the kind of the flow, what they promote? Why 108? Yeah, so in yogic traditions, it's japa, so it's a sacred number, hundred, and it correlates to many other things in the nature and the universe, and it's a sacred ritual practice. I mean, I, when I tune into that, um, I think of honoring many, many teachers that have come before us and the rituals and practices that they've anchored um, and that they've done that 108 times through many, wow. many generations. So there's mm-hmm. a a power and a potency to it. There might even be like a scientific explanation as to how that affects our brain, but I don't know, try it. It might, it might feel cool. (laughs) Can you say your mantra one more time? It sounds so beautiful. It's Om Maha. So Om, I bow to the great Lakshmi. Om Maha Lakshmi Ye Swaha. So beautiful. To the fire, anything that is no longer in truth with this. It's really coded and awesome, but you can like listen to it on YouTube. Like you can type up Lakshmi mantra and just listen and sing along and, and singing if you can sing it is even more powerful because then you're activating like talk about energy activation your yeah. field feel your body shift if you can play with the singing and, and that can be like a big growing edge for people but I like to throw people into the fire try it <laughs> I love Sanskrit it has such a great sound to it plus it looks beautiful too it does it's really beautiful so Cindy if individuals want to work with you follow you on social find you all the things where can they find you my website's a great place just my name sydneycampos.com I occasionally put things on YouTube Instagram sometimes newsletter but everything's really on my website and different events and trainings retreats stuff is all there Thank you for listening to the Where Money Meets Soul podcast. We hope you're feeling inspired to take control of your finances, create balance, and live your best life. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know anyone else who would benefit from this content, spread the love by taking a snapshot of this podcast, sharing on social media, and tagging In the Life of Zen. And stay tuned for more from In the Life of Zen. Visit us at inthelifeofzen.com and follow us on social media at In the Life of Zen.